capital in this sense just refers to money. And it's just a big challenge for the um, Indigenous entrepreneurs in our network to get a hold of because of, you know, what's happened in the past, land theft, wages theft, and all these things have led to, obviously, poverty and no intergenerational wealth. So it's really hard for them to actually get access to capital and money through banks and governments. And it's, um, from our experience and, and talking to some of the members, you know, there's, there's pros and cons of both from. Obviously, with the banks, are they very risk-averse, arguably more risk-averse for Indigenous people? Um, you know, there's been some comments that... Uh, the banks, generally speaking, without getting getting in too much trouble, um, you know, there's uh, they generally come from you know pretty wealthy backgrounds, bankers, and um, you know some of them have a, a negative bias towards Indigenous people who are perceived as more risky than non-Indigenous businesses, and then also obviously with the government that have had prob- we've had problems with for the last you know, 200 years or so, and um, the problem with those. Organisations, even though they've been set up to help Indigenous people, you know that that hasn't worked out. So, for example, housing loans. So, like, there's some um, avenues where you know Indigenous people can go get housing loans, and and sometimes you know it's pretty good because uh, sometimes they don't accept you know as much um, deposit as the banks would. However, you know if you look at the long-term interest rates. At the moment, you know, if you get if you get a housing loan with some of these government organisations, um, in the long term, you're going to be, be paying more for your house in interest compared to a, a normal bank at the moment. And then there's other things um, along with the government, like you know, preferential treatment to other people who you know, bureaucracy that runs throughout the government, unfortunately. So at the moment, there's no real you know avenue and insufficient support for the Indigenous entrepreneurs for my network. Nigel Scullion, the uh, Federal Minister for Indigenous Affairs, did recently announce uh, the Morrison government is investing, uh, I believe, $17 million for the delivery of a new uh, Indigenous entrepreneurs capital scheme, which uh, would be delivered by the Commonwealth Agency uh, Indigenous Business Australia. Uh, just to quote Minister Scullion, he said that uh, this new financial product will help large Indigenous businesses that are looking to access bank finance, but cannot because of historical undercapitalization to get a foot in the door. He went on to say that uh, IBA will assist those businesses, thanks to this $17 million fund which can provide uh, one-off guarantees to assist Indigenous business uh, access commercial finance uh, for the first time and, and set them up on a relationship to continue to grow. Is this uh, something that you welcome and, and, and something that we need more of, things like this? What's your opinion of, of that announcement? Like I think, yeah, the more money is better, but obviously what Nigel's done in the past hasn't really worked to you know, um, help Indigenous entrepreneurs for our network or... You know, even arguably help really close the gap um, through his, you know, six six year tenure. Um, so yeah, the more money, the better. But I think, you know, the, the government and the the new Indigenous Affairs Minister who will be elected, um, it's an exciting opportunity for them to, you know, really take things um, to the next level and actually implement policies and and funding that that are different, new, and not, you know, tokenism policies that don't deliver real results. 
For you then, are there particular policies or, or ways you think they should change the way that that uh, you know Indigenous entrepreneurs will be able to you know gain access to to capital? Yeah, definitely. I think there's you know a lot of things. I don't think there's a silver um, bullet solution to everything because each community is different. But I really think you know the funding needs to go, in my opinion, um, to you know Indigenous organisations. I think government control and, you know, government keeping control of funding hasn't worked. We've seen that. Obviously, you know, d- despite the Indigenous Entrepreneurs Fund a couple of years ago, that was originally $90 million. Um, it hasn't really helped most Indigenous entrepreneurs, at least from our, our network of over 800 Indigenous entrepreneurs. You know, it's still a, a massive problem. And then if you look at the Indigenous procurement policy, again, that Nigel, you know, struts around like a big success... You know, there's a lot of concerns in the communities we work with is that that policy isn't actually having a really impact on the ground level and, you know, it's just creating a few Indigenous millionaires, but it's not actually having an impact in communities, which is a problem because the policy originated from actual, you know, looking to get results from it um, to increase Indigenous employment. So it's a social procurement policy um, that hasn't delivered, you know, results or... I think, you know, there's there's heaps of changes that need to be undertaking. Um, and, you know, some of the policies have been on track and, and they might have meant well, but they haven't really delivered results. So there needs to be, you know, just like in the startup community, uh, you launch something, you get the feedback and you update it. Um, but that, the government, you know, isn't built for that. So I think they really need to look for... Um, community organisations and start funding those instead of pumping more money into other, like government organisations, which has happened in the past and it's, you know keeps on failing. Now you just touched on it there in regards to the uh, IPP, the Indigenous Procurement Policy. Nigel, as you mentioned, has obviously been talking up the policy and, and the contributions that it has made with it apparently passing the two billion dollar mark in terms of. Commonwealth government contracts. Uh, apparently, uh, 1,500 businesses have um, uh, been awarded contracts throughout that process. Uh, in terms of the reception to the policy uh, from the polls, was the issue around it in, in terms of the actual benefits, you know, then impacting the wider community? Can you just elaborate a, a bit on that? What they've seen, um, in their opinions, it hasn't had the impact. And, you know, what, what real results has he had? Like, you know, he promotes how many Indigenous businesses and, you know, billions of dollars are being spent. Um, but where's, where's the actual impact? You know, where's uh, more Indigenous jobs created? Was you know, the long-term jobs, not these uh, part-time or internship jobs that they, you know, count on the register, but, you know, long-term employment too and and income... Um, and funding that's gone into Indigenous communities, you know, not just making a few Indigenous people millionaires through their joint ventures. Now, one of the other key issues, I understand, that was brought forward from uh, the polls was around uh, education and support programs. Um, Obviously, you working within a space of supporting organisations, you know, have that, uh, obviously, that understanding, that, uh, you know, deep understanding around that. Uh, how much support is there for for indigenous entrepreneurs, and in terms of those programs, you know, their I guess sort of mm. engageability, for, for lack of a better word, in terms of you know, 
having that support and understanding of, of working with Indigenous people and Indigenous entrepreneurs? Nothing. Um, generally speaking, there is a bit of money that goes into it, but that money, again, it goes to government organisations. Like you mentioned, Indigenous Business Australia, they're going to be managing this $70 million fund. You know, last year, from what I see in their financials, and happy to be corrected, um, they got, you know, $50 million in total from government funding. Um, and, you know, they're supposed to run programs like this, but... Obviously, again, it's not working because a lot of Indigenous people are like, hey, we still need funding. Hey, we still need support and education, um, despite, you know, these, these organizations receiving, um, organizations receiving tens of millions of dollars and, or millions of dollars in government funding. So I think, you know, there is money out there and I don't think money is a problem, um, when it comes to the government and Indigenous, uh, spending. But I feel, you know, where the money's going is questionable and it's what our, our members, you know, really want to see changed in the next uh, federal government. You know, we want to see greater access to funding and not just funding for, you know, certain businesses or government organisations. You know, we want to see it actually go into the communities and actually have an impact. Do, do you think this is the primary responsibility of of governments in terms of that education and support? Do you think it falls on, on primarily governments? No, and most governments, you know, like to you know, pass it on to industry, right? Because they're like, oh, we don't really do this very well, let's get industry to take it. But in the Indigenous affairs space, like a lot of the funding actually goes to, from what I've seen, government organisations. Like, there needs to be a, a change. There needs to be trust from the government, the next uh, federal elected government, to have trust in Indigenous communities and empower them instead of you know, pumping heaps of money into their own organisations that aren't doing anything. And, Dean, I understand uh, there are were a couple other points that were identified as part of the poll as well. Can you just briefly touch on those? So they were the top three. And the other one, um, the fourth one, was increasing Indigenous procurement policy. And the other top one was stop black cladding. So increasing the IPP and stop black cladding were really close of the top five um, on the bottom. And um, that just shows, you know, despite, you know, Nigel um, promoting, you know, the IPP as a massive success, you know, from our network, you know, most people don't want to see the IPP increase because they can't see any, you know, real results in communities. And and close to that, they want to see the black cladding stop. You know, all these joint ventures that are making a few Indigenous millionaires and aren't really Indigenous businesses. That was, you know, close. That almost, um, you know, they were really, those two, the top five were really connected on the bottom. So, um, yeah, I think it's time for politicians to listen and uh, start empowering the community instead of pumping money into their, you know, friends and um, government organisations. We hear the mob talking a lot about self-determination and obviously a, a great way to do that is, is through businesses and organisations run by the mob. For you then, uh, after seeing these different points that were brought forward from the communities, from, from the poll, what would be, I guess, your message to, you know, the incoming federal government and in particular the, the Minister for Aboriginal Affairs moving forward in supporting these Indigenous entrepreneurs and uh, business owners? Yeah, well, what I've got to say is, is nothing new, Carla, right? It's, um, it's already been said through different communities throughout Australia and that's, you know, what the government's done um, hasn't worked. So they really need to 
you know, empower um, Aboriginal tourists out in the communities and give us a voice and and empower us with the rights, you know, for our own self-determination instead of trying to control things. And they need to stop developing uh, these, you know, tokenism policies that are having a band-aid approach instead of actually, you know, fixing real problems in community. You know, they can keep sending all this money, um, but the way they're approaching it, they're just going to keep doing it and doing it and doing it. They actually want to help and, and make a real difference and empower the communities to, you know, close their own gaps.